Hello, this is Kelly McGee, and it is October the 12th, 2020, and I have an interesting podcast I found last night that I wanted to share with you. I think that you'll enjoy it. It's called Synthetic Telepathy. Hold on. Got to turn the volume on. It's little things like that. Hi, I'm Carrie Cassidy from Project Camelot, and I'm here with Solaris Blue Raven. And we're going to be just interviewing Solaris and and hearing a bit about her own experiences um, as a super soldier, sort of, uh, well, we'll get into all of that. So at this point, Solaris, do you want to give an introduction for yourself? Sure. Um, I can go back to 2004, which was my original induction date. So everything was normal for me up until April of 2004 when I was inducted into a covert assault program, which dealt with synthetic telepathy, remote viewing, uh, remote manipulation, and um, a lot of other programs that were running pattern recognition, numbers, codes, frequencies. And I had a live handler at that time, which was identified, and this was also involving a high-profile band in the rock and roll music industry. Okay. Uh, are you able to say which band? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, it was actually Rush, the band Rush, the Canadian oh. band Rush. Neil Peart was, um, I sent my book to backtrack a little bit, uh, original book that I wrote, Transmutation Through Ascension, to Neil Peart back in 2004 and within a week of him receiving this, I, my home was completely inundated with surveillance. My computer was bugged, my phone was bugged, I was bugged, I was remotely manipulated and assaulted with psychotronic programming, and this was 24-7, so I went through a big ordeal with that. Okay, so let me let me just sort of try to understand this. You sent the, uh, was is, is, is that the lead singer? It's the drummer for Rush. The drummer. Yeah, he's the drummer. Okay, so you sent the drummer for for Rush Mm -hmm. your book. Correct. Transportation through Ascension. All right. And after that, you were inundated by surveillance. Correct. Okay, and prior to that, you didn't feel that you were? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, my life was normal. I was happily married. I had a great life. Yeah. Okay. And I had correspondence with Neil Peart a long, long time ago, so it wasn't like he didn't know who I was. But what was strange was this whole thing just kind of happened with the surveillance and the psychotronic programming as soon as I sent that book. Okay, and when he received the book, did he write back? I had correspondence on an email from his, supposedly the person that was mani- uh, manipulating his email account. Uh-huh. It was actually later on, Michael J. Mosbach is the, is the producer, well he's not a producer, but he's the director of surveillance and security for Rush, and he was actually involved as my life handler at the time. Okay, when you say your life ha- handler, how did that manifest? Well, they interfaced with me live feed real time with synthetic telepathy and Michael J. Mosbach was the live handler involved with that along with the band members originally and then it was diverted to a covert intelligence department but they were the live ones there Um, Michael was the one training me programming me and pretty much was responsible for what happened to me along with Neil Peart who actually hired him for the job okay hired him for what job for the surveillance um, for basically doing the illegal work that they did in my house I mean basically manipulating me with remote technology interfacing me onto their communication system with dealt with synthetic telepathy but also training me how to speak in communication with the synthetic telepathy it was more than just a you know me hearing things it was live feed with a real handler agent 
Um, it was like my body was being taken over by my handler at that time. Okay, well, how did, how did you get, I guess I don't understand, how did you get involved with the handler person? The handler was hired by Neil Peart to do the job. Basically, he, he's, he works for Neil Peart. He's the director of surveillance security for Rush. Mm -hmm. He also has an Ashkelon background in surveillance and covert technology. He's contracted with government, military, high-profile personnel. So he has access to the, to the black budget communication system, if you want to call it that. But, I mean, in other words, maybe this gets into your sort of your past more so, but mm -hmm. uh, I am curious because I do have a background um, working in, the, in music in the past. Um, are you saying, that, how did he, in other words, they don't come to your door and say, oh, hi, we're going to sur surveil you. What, what, what happened? Did he, was this manifested as a, a romantic relationship and then morphed into something else or, or what was the situation? It was remote. Um, it was remote manipulation, so basically it's a satellite-driven technology. Um, everything that they did was an induction. I wasn't taken out of my home, but I was driven out of my home through the, through the psychotronic programming. And of course, Michael J. Mosbach being one of the live handlers, and Neil Peart, Getty Lee and Alex Lyson were also actually involved in that whole ordeal. So this was their, basically them, live feed in real time with communication system and the access of, of tapping into my electromagnetic field and tagging me with real-time data. Which is what happened. Okay, but how did you detect this? Well, I'm very psychic to begin with, and I knew because I'm naturally clairvoyant. So as soon as I started hearing this man-made communication system, I was very aware that it wasn't um, natural. It was man-made, and I actually told them that. So this is man-made, and you know, I started actually joking about it at first, but then it became very abusive, um, remote manipulation, sexual manipulation. Also, that did happen. Um, they surge out your chakras and your sexual centers, and they put you in a euphoric space where they can control and manipulate you and also program you, and that puts you in a space of trauma. At least it did for me. I was not verbally communicating with my husband at the time. Uh, we got divorced in four months' time, and at that point I was um, thwarted out of my house, and they told me I should go to a place of my choosing. And I went to Maui, and that's when my real handler, Michael J. Mossbach, did show up. So, okay. person. And Michael J. Mossbach, you say real handler. What do you mean by well, that? Well, basically the man behind the mask in the communication system showed up at my door physically on Maui. And to do what? Well, because I was turning them in. I was basically, um, I wasn't going to put up with the abuse and manipulation, so I started contacting a lot of different areas in government, you name it, everybody across the globe, and also the White House, and tried to get everyone's attention about this. This is an abuse. I was being abused, harassed, stalked, manipulated, um, psychotronically programmed, and I wanted them to know. So Michael basically came out to, uh, to Maui and asked, how can we help? And he gave me his card, and it had um, Ash Kalan on it. It had his name on it. He said, um, don't con contact anybody but me or Neil here. You can email us about this information, about this data. And that's what I did. I sent him every single thing I was hearing live feed. Everything that they were programming me to hear and see, I sent to Michael. And this, this perpetuated. He kept kind of stringing me along for years. And finally, in 2006, I had had enough of it. And I came back to the, um, to the mainland and I went back home to Colorado. And I was living in a house there, and Michael wanted to see me again. So he shows up, and he asked me, how would you like to talk in front of a magistrate about this? And I said, sure. I said, but I need someone in my corner. And I was trusting him because he was like a handler still. But at the same time, I knew that he, obviously he wasn't on my side because nothing was resolved all these years with the psychotronic programming. So um, what happened was we did go to court, and he denied everything, um, the entire MKUltra. He just made fun of it in the courtroom, and it was dismissed. But it is public record. And I still have anomaly signatures and things in my body. I went through a hell of a lot of trauma over the years. Um, this happened in 2004. It took 10 years of my life away just now. Never, never 
you know, my course correction was by me and my higher self over soul. But they could have really damaged and destroyed me even further. Okay, so in essence, what you're saying is you have this band. You've got a person who handles technology for them. Correct. And he, and, and you send them, just to go through the, the scenario, you send them a book. Um, you're, you're to some degree a fan, what they would call a fan uh, well, I mean, prior I to that? Like, I was just someone who, I wrote books. I used to co correspond with Neil Peart as a writer, not as a groupie or a fan. I mean, right. just as, I was very innocent and I didn't have a clue that these guys were jerks. But I would send him my poetry and my writing and, you know, because people used to say I wrote like him. That's how it started. So then he would send me a postcard back. So there was correspondence, but it wasn't anything crazy weird. And so then eventually you you get surveilled back by them Correct. after you send the book. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, eventually the guy shows up at your door who is this person Michael who works for him. Yeah. And how does he preface, in other words, he wants to work with you? He wants to befriend you? Well, I think he was playing the game of being my friend. I mean, we would talk for hours on the phone, but he was my handler. He was Not only was I seeing him in physical form, but I was hearing him in real time in a, in a synthetic telepathy communications program. Also, he had remote access to manipulating my body and a lot of other things that had happened. So it was a very intimate relationship, shall we say, with the handler. Mm -hmm. And insofar as that goes, when he came out, he, was, um, he acted like he wanted to help, but at the same time, he was stringing me along. He had no intention. Did he ever acknowledge during that time that... Of, of what he was doing? He did say a few times, he said, one time I'm in your head, and another time he said, um, I told him, I said, well, do you have a hearing like mine? And he said, yes. We call it a hearing, special hearing. And so you have to, you have to understand, too, with the synthetic telepathy, it can be used for um, a perfect surveillance system where you have, say, Neil Peart needs a buddy system for security and surveillance. He doesn't need a headset. He doesn't need a walkie-talkie. He doesn't need a cell phone. He has an you know, interconnected synthetic telepathy communication system with him and his you know, his handler, which would have been Michael. And it goes all across the board to government secret service, too. So this is a synthetic telepathy protective kind of... Uh, um, well, wait, you're saying Michael, wasn't his name Mossbach? Yes, it is, Michael J. Mossbach. Okay, but you're saying he had a handler who was... Well, I would assume, or not even assume, I, I suspect that Michael J. Mossbach was also Neil's handler because Neil, Michael called himself Neil's ghostwriter. So, um, kind of like the shadow, <clears throat> so far as the communication system life being. Okay, and so did you go public with this in any way? I did, and I got totally harassed. They turned their fans against me. I had um, all sorts of negative things happen to me because of it, yeah. Okay, and what was the, in the end, what happened? I mean, you went to a magistrate. In I, I basically went to a magistrate, and I said exactly what had happened to me back in 2004, what happened with the surveillance and the synthetic telepathy and the communication system, and I exposed everything, and the judge just dismissed it and didn't, didn't do anything, basically. Okay, and, and when you say synthetic telepathy, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, basically what they're doing, we're naturally telepathic to begin with, but what they do is they, they map the electromagnetic field and they interface it onto a communication system in an underground area, and then they play it back like a live feed communication system. You have a, a live feed handler at first, and then it gets delegated onto a, a mimicked kind of communication system. So you have both. And Michael was there originally, and then there was a little bit of a... Um, you get a feedback with the communication system when they want to relay or start to program you with other things. Okay. Um, well, this is kind of unusual, the way you've uh, approached this. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, what was your background such that you approached this scenario the way you have? Because I, I think there are plenty of people that get involved um, in, let's say, relationships, possibly even with bands, where there's an interaction and then there may be a negative sort of surveillance that results from it but very few would come across you know in other words uh, 
sort of with your kind of strength and perception to approach this this subject in this way did you have prior training that you know in well i think is i am a black belt and i was teaching martial arts i'm a black belt instructor and i had my life together when they tagged me i mean i was doing land surveying with my husband at that time i was a drafter but i also taught martial arts and uh, women's kickboxing and mixed martial arts. So I'm very fortified in my um, physical body, mental, mentally strong, but also I was doing DNA activation and healing work too. So I had it really together. Plus I was writing books on spirituality at the time. Okay. So I really was fortified before they tagged me. But when they tried to break me down and they kept trying to program me and program me, I kept overriding it. And I would say override mentally and psychically, override, override, del you know, delete. You know, I would really screw with them back because I was not allowed, I was not about to allow them to totally take me down. Okay, but at, at a certain point, in other words, you kept communication with them, right? I had no choice, yeah, because the interface was live feed, and I was, I was plugged into them even while they were on tour. As a matter of fact, a lot of the things that came out of one of their Snakes and Arrows albums was um, stuff that only he and I would have known about live feed and the communication as they were recording it in the studio, certain keywords and things that were used with me live feed were actually used in that studio, and no one else would have known that. Okay, and when you're saying live feed, are you talking about a psychic feed? I'm talking um, satellite-driven remote communication system that's interfacing with synthetic telepathy between me and live handlers in communication with who's ever patched into that frequency who can hear and communicate. And that's exactly what it is. Okay. Um, now, your book that you you sent him, which was, uh, again, the name of it? It's Transmutation Through Ascension. It's actually about DNA activation and healing. And the reason I sent that was because... One of the, my kickboxing students told me along that he had had a tragedy with his family. Uh, apparently this was the last family, the wife and daughter had died tragically. And, and so I, I was feeling bad and I thought, well, wow, this, this would be a nice book for him. And I had had correspondence with him in the past, so I didn't think anything of it and that's why I sent it. I had no idea they were gonna retaliate like that, so. Okay, very interesting case. All right, so at this point, when did this more or less get resolved or ended? It didn't really get resolved because what happened was um, I testified and he put a temporary restraining order on me for four years, Michael did, and then that kind of just dissolved. But they still kind of lured their fans into, into committing a potential crime against me. I mean, it was like they were using them as a human shield. They would, you know, say all sorts of negative things about me on their page. Of course, I wouldn't look at it, but I heard it from friends. Um, so things like that, but I just wound up taking the helm and writing and writing the truth. I decoded the covert technology. I really just said, screw the band. I'm going into the covert technology and I'm going to decode it because it's embedded in my body. I need to know what it is. I need to know how it functions. And so that's what I did. I rolled up my sleeves and I researched and investigated. And I, and I got through all the technology. I mean, I really understood it. And I validated through um, actually Robert Duncan, who is somebody who's Robert written Duncan. ghost. Um, we what know that. Um, what's it called now? I can't remember it. But he actually is here at the, the conference today. And so Soulcatcher, Project Soulcatcher. Soul Anyways, but he actually validated that's a lot of the technology through psychotronics Project and how they Soul use it. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and so, let's see, um, what have you been involved in since then? Well, what's really weird is when I was being inducted, when I moved on Maui, I started getting trained for security and surveillance work. And that was not in my orbit. That was not in my future. That was something that was falling onto my lap, so to speak. So I wound up doing a lot of that, security, surveillance, casino surveillance. I got very good at it. But I think that was Michael's energetic connected in with mine. So um, that was one of my... I don't want to say it's a past life, but it's something that I was trained in. Okay, and when you say surveillance work, meaning what? Just regular casino surveillance. Um, Which is what? Um, being in the room, working the cameras and observing people and uh, working with the police department, law enforcement, 
bring reports about you know unusual activity or criminal activity. Oh, very interesting. So you you didn't uh, your training wasn't in this originally? No, not at all. But I, I kept it together. I just kept it together. I kept going, and I trusted the universe. I trusted spirit. As mm -hmm. you were saying, you know, we're spiritual beings. And I kept that focus and that benchmark the whole time. They tried to pull me under. Right. Uh, so at that point, you, you, you actually got involved in, in, in surveillance. Did you learn, I guess, to get back to this, this sort of relationship you had with this handler person, what um, in real time did you have a real time interactions with him for a period of time where you learned from him? Well, he was dumping programs in me through the communication system, and I didn't realize that until later on. But the pattern recognition, code recognition, numbers, colors that's huge for me, and it still is. Um, it's not necessarily a negative tri uh, trigger, but it is there. And I can, I can locate things quickly upon color, um, numbers, codes, and it's uh, really amazing. So I know there are certain things that they kind of downloaded into me while I was being inducted, and that's part of it. Okay. Um, did you ever have interaction with uh, Neil, the initial person that you sent the book Originally, to? he was interacting with me live feed and Michael as well. So, yes, he was involved. And then it was delegated more to Michael as my handler, and Neil kind of took off on, you know, evading it. And Michael maintained control as a handler. And then they just tried to say, oh, no, it's an imposter. And they were trying to just pretend it wasn't valid. And, of course, I do know other covert technology departments were involved, but not initially. Initially, it was the band. And they do have access to the covert technology. So this is something they can get their hands on. Okay, but why would a band be interested in that? Well, for one thing, if you ever look at Neil Peart's lyrics, it's all about signals intelligence and, and, and MKUltra-type projects. If you really, really dive into it, you can uh -huh. see it. And it's all decoded in so many different ways, but it's used for surveillance. I mean, this type of, when I, the type of um, anomalies that I have, the type of things that they did to me, is definitely used for a spy bird, for someone who could easily spy, and that's what I was doing. Even though they, Michael was my handler, I was the spy. I mean, wherever I went, I was seeing through someone else's eyes, or someone else was seeing through my eyes. Right. So that's part of it as well. Hmm. Okay, just in terms of your own uh, sort of abilities, Prior to this happening, what was your trajectory like? Um, what had you done? Do what did you do for a living prior to that? Well, I was doing the AutoCAD drafting. I was a, I was working with my husband. He was a land surveyor, so I was making maps. So doing topographic maps and things like that. I also wrote books. I was writing books on spirituality. Um, I also had very very spiritual beings. So I taught DNA activation and I started running groups of where we would do like circles, uh, um, running circle of energy, basically just running grids and things like that energetically. So we're working on a higher level of consciousness and uh, writing my books and that's pretty much what I was doing and teaching martial arts. So I kind of had my life in balance and in order at the time they tagged me. I was very, very fortified. Okay, um, but in, in terms of, of the kind of, because you seem to have a very interesting mind mm -hmm. and, um, and, and that means, you know, like you have special talents in this mm -hmm. area having to do with... Um, and I, I'm I'm just trying to figure it out a little bit here, but but in terms of graphics abilities, first of all, um, you're saying even in t terms of um, you seem to have a, a very accurate recall mm -hmm. capability, yeah. Yeah. as well as as you said uh, numbers and um, colors. Mm -hmm. In other words, being able to um, pinpoint information, right. yeah. follow well, trails. Yeah, definitely part of that, and I was. I'm naturally psychic to begin with, so I think what they did was try to enhance that a lot. Uh, but they also tried to control and manipulate it, so it wasn't right. like I had free will while they were, you know, integrating their own program with me, so. Okay. 
Um, so at this point in your life, where what are you doing? So they I'm writing failed. books, I'm having closure with it, but I still have the anomaly signatures that are just, you know, I keep rewriting the program because and rewriting it in mental spirit instead of control manipulation. And that's what I'm talking about tomorrow, actually. <laughs> Basically, resolutions to the covert technology and what I've been doing to get through it because a lot of people get, you know, they commit suicide, they get into forced suicide through the duress of the programming. So. Okay, very interesting. Uh, all right, well, in terms of, um, of the overall big picture of, of what you think is going on here on Earth and with this sort of window into this particular area, have you put it together to some degree? Have you, have, have you put together the use of surveillance technology and what their um, end game is? I think their end game is to control and manipulate the masses through kind of a transhumanism. That's my take on it. Mm -hmm. um, I was interfaced with a machine world that is part of me now, and I have to come to terms with that. I mean, I have anomaly signatures that are embedded in my neural circuitry. Um, I have a lot around my crown. There's one near my chest. These have been measured by Steve Colburn, and they're actually in my documentary. So these are things that have sort of integrated and hardwired into my own body and mind. So right now I'm just transcending with it. But that is part of the transhumanism. It's about control and manipulation. It's about um, not honoring free will and trying to program people's minds to a point where they just get wiped out or you think what we want you to think. Or and if you don't comply, we'll torture you. And that does happen. Mm -hmm. So it's no good. Uh, and what about uh, in terms of... For example, are you familiar with um, the Cray computers underground in Colorado? Yes, and I live in Colorado. So. Mm -hmm. so did you ever feel that you were interacting with those computers? I, I, do, I do know I have, because a lot of the um, synthetic communication systems where they take the brain template I know is, is buried in an underground area to some extent, and that is supercomputer or computers that are enhanced with AI intelligence, yeah. Uh-huh. And are you, um, there's, there's some information out there that I have gotten has to do with an AI running the planet. Have you ever gotten any information in that way? Well, I, I get the feeling that you're correct. I haven't really seen it, but I've experienced the uh, motherboard, so to speak, with the interface. I mean, right. a lot was my life handler, mm -hmm. and a lot was the communication system, which mirrors an AI. I mean, it's super, it's very ominous. It's a very ominous presence. So w when you say the communication system, mm -hmm. meaning, again, synthetic technology. Correct. But um, are you talking also about, for example, I'm aware of, of, of a network of nanosatellites that's uh, associated with a, a main sort of central um, th uh, area called Mother, which, which is, is a satellite in and of itself, from what I understand, that's uh, floating above our planet. Mm -hmm. um, has, has any of this information come through to you? Well, it's interesting because when you say it, I mean, I know that it was, it was satellite-driven technology. So when I was tagged and when they implanted me, it was satellite-driven technology for sure. And I do believe it's connected to something along the lines of that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And what about the idea of, um, you know, and when you say implants, usually that would require some kind of physical abduction scenario, whether it be my lab or with ETs. Do you feel that took place? I think there's a hybridization. I mean, it was real people, but the technology is definitely connected to an extraterrestrial source, that they've kind of mimicked it and recreated their own design. Mm -hmm. So that's their version, but definitely. And I, I do know that we're starseed, so that's another thing, too. Okay. Um, well, this is a, a very sort of interesting discussion. Is there anywhere you want to go with what you've told me? Um, anything that maybe you haven't talked about in the past or, you know, that you want to add to this kind of, this small video of, of, of you and your work? I think 
the main thing is just um, just people being aware of what, what type of technology we're dealing with and how it integrates into the body. Because I have things that are embedded now that are permanent, and it's not business as usual and life goes on as usual. It changes your life forever, and there's no going back. And people need to understand that, um, you know, my life will never be the same. I can't reintegrate into a regular society anymore because of the way I have been uh, manipulated, controlled, and programmed. It's not that I can't. It's just that there's so many things that have crossed barriers with this technology that I think that it, it really has pushed things and thwarted things to a much, much higher level. So people need to be aware of that and be prepared in case anything like this happens to them. Okay. Uh, when you say you've got uh, implants, are you able to show us anything that would be evident physically? Um, Could we see it with a, a naked eye? I can't see them with a naked eye, but they can be measured. And Steve Colburn has measured these things, um, and I have it on my documentary DVD. Uh -huh. um, they also interfere with um, a lot of different things now and then, um, computers, electricity, this and that. So, And I one that bounces to music on the radio, and that's the one that they did into my chest cavity, and that is... Um, originally it was Neil Peart playing live drum feed in concert and that's how they started the initiation or it's not really initiation but you know that's how they initiated it and then it went into um, a communication system where it just mimics music hmm. so I've got a lot of things that are in there so do you have for example music running in your head all the time no only if I turn I on the radio and then it starts to, to go and play the music with it uh, it I interacts. See. It's basically a symbiotic thing. It kind of it's intelligent days. because it interacts with the wind. It interacts with music, and sound, frequencies, any type of electricity or energetic. So it's very um, interactive, and that's not part of me. Okay, so when you, when you say it interacts, what does it do? Um, it it just moves. It moves to the music. It moves to the wind. Um, there's movement. It's it's like a pulse. Okay. Yeah. And, and that becomes, that's detected by your body or your senses? It's detected by me, and then it's also been measured by Steve Colbert. Hmm. Okay, um, let me see. What, what about uh, sort of um, physical enhancement? Do you feel that your, your physicality has benefited or deteriorated as a result of in, interaction with this? I think originally it had benefited, but at the same time I was really into light body and Merkaba. So my own energetic was really at peak. I mean, it was perfect. So when they started their stuff, they mapped everything, and they were they were taking basically just a whole analysis of my entire being and my my entire body. So I think that it did help, and it kept me fortified. But at the same time, it was a torturous avenue, which I felt like it was sort of taking away as well. And now I can tell you, this is ten years later, and I don't feel as strong as I used to. But I think a lot of it is that I'm desensitized to. They've kind of um, I can't feel the way I used to as an empath. That's completely shielded now. It's like I have a suit on all the time. Hmm. So that's how I've noticed that. All right. Well, thank you for this interview. Uh, you know, I appreciate the time to talk with you. Uh, it sounds like you have a very interesting intellect. And, um, you know, I think your book, books would be very interesting to read. So, you know, I, I, I think I would certainly take a look at them and encourage others to do so. Um, you know, maybe you can come on my radio show sometime. We can extend this conversation. Uh, is there any last things you'd like to add to our discussion here? Um, last thing is, you know, I just wish people would understand. I mean, I, I try not to talk about the band, but I do know 100% that they were involved in this covert assault. And I've taken a lot of heat because of, I, I've exposed them. So now, like I said, they are guilty of that action. I'm not going backwards on that in any form of design, but what I'm trying to do is move on and keep progressing on a higher level. And I like to get that message across because it's like, um, it's hard to go backwards all the time and rehash things, but I want people to understand what the benchmark of this whole thing happened. I mean, my life would have been normal had I not sent my book to Neil Peart. None of this would have happened. 
Okay, very interesting. So you didn't have any other uh, band in interactions, I, I, I take it, for in your life? No. Okay. <laughs> Are you a musical person? I am. Anyway? I write music, and I play the flute, and I've always been able to write beautiful music when I was younger. And, of course, mm -hmm. when I grew older, I started getting more into the psychic you know, aspects of it. Uh -huh. Instead, I channeled it differently. Yeah, and I write poetry, and people used to say I used to write like Neil Peart, which is one of the reasons I contacted him. I they see. Said, oh, you need to you need to contact him. Weird. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thank you very much, Solaris. Thank you, Carrie. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too. Okay, so um, I stumbled on that last night, and it really blew me away because uh, it's synthetic telepathy. And um, um, what's his name? Robert Duncan uh, wrote the book on it. And then he's also the one that did the voice to skull stuff. So, um, and this reaches back seven years ago. That's how old this is. So, kind of get an idea of where they may be right now if that's seven years old. It's, it's scary. I think they want to do it to the whole planet personally. And she was uh, very, um, you know, she knew a lot about this kind of stuff, so she was very capable of, um, I don't know what you want to say, uh, sort of fending it off for herself. Um, but, and then they put a restraining order on her. I thought that was hilarious. I think my phone's ringing. It is. Hold on a second. Right. Okay. Five twenty-eight sixty-one. Fifteen hundred Right, that was the one that we had, um, but the lady who drives me, um, she can't do that day. Her husband is having some chemo treatment that day. You know, if, if it was possible to do the ninth, you know, from one to four, that would be perfect. going through a fiber flare, which is why I'm out of breath trying to get the phone. I mean, I, just trying to run is like crazy. I'm going to keep the phone next to me here.
No, she only works uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. From 1 to 4. Um, Thursday, 2 to 4. Uh, the 11th or the 12th. I have you down for the 16th at 2 o'clock on Monday the 16th. That's strange. Can you do that? Okay, I'll do 1.30. I must have uh, thought that would be... Well, no, I think I, I didn't reschedule it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> at 1.30. Okay. Okay, thanks so much. Yeah, I need medication, but I know you can't give it to me. <sighs> I know, I'm in so much pain right now. It's awful. Alright, thanks so much. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sorry about that. Um, Karen can't do... Let me write this down for Karen. I'll just be a second here. It's weird that I would have that on that day written down. Why? Thanks for your patience. I appreciate it. Um, God, I almost killed myself trying to catch the phone. Uh, oh gosh. Okay, so uh, this information that I got from her, I thought I delved into it further, and, um, shoot, I can't find the other information that I got. Uh-oh. Let me just see if I can find it, because there was some pretty interesting stuff. You know what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to go back through 
I'm going to have to go back through and then I'll put it back together for you guys. Um, because I have, uh, I might have put it on a different phone. That's probably what happened. But anyway, thank you for listening. Um, and that was seven years ago they had synthetic telepathy. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.